We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to an emergency Pat Mayo experience today. We are recapping round one of the NFL draft, mainly from the teams that are perceived to have won the first round of the NFL draft, and no better person to talk to about that. Smash the like, sub to the channel, sub to everything else while you're here. It is Tim Underkust! Tim Underkust. That is not my name. No, I heard that it was your name. I heard it wasn't. How you feeling? This is... The Jets have never won a Super Bowl in your lifetime. They haven't even won an AFC championship game in your lifetime. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose they have, but what were you, like three years old, five years old, something like that? But they, no. they haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. Is this the best night you've had as a Jets fan? It's the best night I've had as a Jets fan other than the playoff victories that we've had so non-playoff victories included this is the best day i've had i mean we won the draft we took all this draft capital and we took all the best players and we got them at great value like it was it couldn't be more perfect now who is saying that these are the best players because the same people that are saying these are the best players are the people that went like two for 32 in their mock drafts these experts well i'm not so so certain that getting their mock draft correct or not is what constitutes people knowing what they're talking about the draft and talking about draft grades. People had Gardner as the first cornerback in most rankings. He Jets got him as cornerback number two, and they got him at, at a lower price. They got the best cornerback in the draft, the best cornerback since Ramsey, maybe even better than Ramsey. We'll see. Uh, they, they got a pass rusher who was fantastic. Super late. A lot of people mocked much higher. Super late. They got a receiver who I, I think is fantastic. Uh, you know, at 10, and no one thought it was going to happen. So it was, it was a great draft. 
no one thought that Garrett Wilson going number 10 was going to happen? Because that seemed like a pretty likely outcome for what was going to happen. Few people thought I think he was going to actually be there when the time comes. And he was, and the Jets got to grab. Now, I, that's, I mean, would I have taken Jamison? Yes, I would have. But I think Garrett Wilson brings a lot. I mean, they kept showing highlights to him last night and comparing him to Lynn Swan. Like, he makes outlandish, acrobatic, ballet-style catches in the air. And with Wilson going to be, uh, who is a quarterback who gets on the move and throws the ball high uh, to try to avoid interceptions, Wilson is like a tailor-made player for him. Uh, you know, to avoid interceptions. It's just everything is too perfect, too perfect for this team. Walk me through what it was like doing this. So you're watching the draft. You're seeing everything unfold. The Texans pick at number three. How how pumped are you when the Jets are walking to the stage? Because there could have been a chance that you took Thibodeau in that spot, right? Well, I initially was fired up that the Texans took Stingley because I didn't want Stingley. Uh, and I was saying to somebody who was watching the draft, I was like, please, please let them take Stingley and get them off. You know, take the mistakes off the table for me. The, the Jets do best when people make the mistakes in front of them so they don't have that option. And they and so the Texans did. I'm not a big fan of Stingley, so yes. So there's a chance they take Thibodeau, and I would have tolerated that. I understand the logic of wanting to get the pass rusher, but as I said earlier in the week, I wanted Gardner badly. Guy gave up zero touchdowns in college. Zero and promised that he wasn't going to give up in the NFL. Like that's why I said on Twitter. Now, do, now hold on. Do, do you believe? Hold Sanders. on. Hold on. Do you believe him that he'll give up zero touchdowns in the NFL? Well, he's been an NFL player for almost a day, oh and he's God. given up zero. Touch- no, I'm being facetious. But will he give up zero touchdowns? Oh, no, probably not. But that's the mentality that you want. You want somebody who's thinking, I'm better than whoever I'm up against. And in a division where you've got Tyree Kill and you have Stephon Diggs, it would be nice to have a corner who you know right off the hop, boom. Okay, that takes those players out of, uh, uh, out of commission. Uh, we have to worry about other things on the defensive side of the ball, but we can take out those two guys every time. Uh, that, it's just it's so thrilling to have a, Dur- a Darrell Rivas back in the fold, to have somebody with that confidence, that swagger, uh, who said he wanted to be a New York Jet, who said in the interview, this is where he always wanted to be. Like, welcome to Gotham, where dreams come true. What dreams? Name dreams that have come true playing for the Jets. When Revis went to New York, they named a street after him for a while. Like he was the for, toast wait, wait, of the hold town. Hold on, for for a while? What did they take that away from him? Well, I think it was just a momentary or honorary thing. Like I don't think it was a permanent thing. But like it's New York. It's the biggest city in the United States. It's the it's the center of everything. If you're good there, particularly with the Giants being bad too, if you're good there. You're, you're just a star, and this kid is going to be a star in New York City. Well, until the Jets traded back up into the first round, many were saying that the Giants won the draft. The Giants made some very good picks, uh, but they need to because they've made so many bad picks for so many years. Uh, they also had 5-7. and seven. When you have 5-7, and seven, that is better capital than 4-10 and ten in some ways. Uh, I thought the Giants made some really nice picks. I think... Thibodeau was a good player, although I don't, didn't love him. He's a good player. And Neil seems to be a solid, as much as you, we can evaluate offensive line play. Uh, you know, I used to play offensive line and tackle football, so I have a sense of sort of, you know, what I'm looking for when I watch the tape. Okay, but, well, okay, G- give me a sense of what you saw on tape, Mr. Draft Expert Offensive Lineman, played football when he was 12 years old. I think he is uh, explosive. That's what I noticed, <laughs> off, off the line, explosion. And, and strength and like the sort of stuff that like I I couldn't do. Well, I mean, I, is that the bar, is that the bar that you're setting for some of these guys well, that myself, they can do what, things that you can't do? I asked myself, could I do this? And then I look at how great they are, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I think the Giants hit a home run. I think the Giants, the Eagles, and the Jets all in their own ways hit home runs last night. Well, before the draft, now that you end up with Wilson at receiver, you commented that Debo is the second best receiver in the NFL, how all you wanted from this draft was to get Debo Samuel. Turns out you could have got A.J. Green for basically, not A.J. Green, A.J. Brown for basically nothing. I don't know whether the Jets were ever really in on that. Why? I mean, why wouldn't they be in on that? I don't know. Maybe the Titans wanted to move him to the NFC. I don't know. Or same with Marquise Brown. I will say, though, what we do get is a very cheap wide receiver. And Garrett Wilson has unbelievable hands. He is so quick off the line. Uh, he doesn't drop the ball. Zach needs people who's not going to quit on the ball in the air for him. Because Zach likes to throw the ball now, particularly in the second half of the season, you saw he was trying to throw the ball into places where either it's a, ca- a catch or an incompletion. He really made a great stride in the second half. You're getting rid of, of the turnovers that plagued him earlier in the year. So I think Garrett Wilson is exactly who the doctor ordered to sort of solve all these problems. I'm very excited. Like, I don't know the last time a team had offensive and defensive rookie of the year on the same team. But, I mean, how often do teams draft two guys in the top ten? Not often. So, I mean, Gardner, I think as long as Gardner's healthy, I don't see anybody beating him for off, for defensive rookie of the year. He's going to have multiple picks. Or if he doesn't, it's going to be because he's like Nandi Awesome one. They just can't throw his direction. Because, like in college, you can't score on him. He's too good. He's too talented. He just makes things happen. And then on the offensive side, Zach's going to throw it a lot. Wilson is going to be a, a great target. Uh, Wilson squared is going to be is going to be great. You know, the Wilson football by Wilson, to Wilson. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's just awesome. The Jets are going to be really fun this year. And then next year, they could be really special. Well, you've already predicted they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. We haven't talked about this year. Also, Wilson squared doesn't make any sense, by the way. That's not, how, that's not how square roots work. Wilson times Wilson. So you think it's to the power of one, is what you're saying? It's Wilson times Wilson, which is Wilson squared. So Wilson, Wilson. So, but, but in your example here, this is just one. So you have two Wilsons being one person in the in your well, Wilson Well, it's really squared. three because the football's a Wilson too. So, you, so it's no longer Wilson squared. Maybe it's maybe it's Wilson cubed. So it's Wilson cubed is what you're saying. That's how good. The, that's how special this team is going to be. You know, I, the Jets are going to have struggles this year. It's a learning year, but my goodness, they're going to be one of the most fun teams to watch. They're going to score a lot. Their defense is going to make big plays. And then they pick up Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine, present, is going to be a force on the uh, on the defensive line. Like, there were people talking about him going in the top 10. The Jets might have actually taken him with one of their two picks. Instead, they get to move up to 26 for a song and get to take him. And he is a force. You watch his highlight. I ground, grinded some of his tape. He was a marvelous player. Uh, you know, he's tall, he's 6'5", he's lean, he's fast, uh, explosive. Uh, he's just, he he is the edge rusher that Sala needs in this system. So you add him to those two other home run picks. You know, we basically are three for three. Uh, we hit two home runs and a triple. Uh, and that's like being modest. That's being modest. So what would be, I, I guess, three home runs would be you being like somewhat based Very- in reality? Well, based on the way I'm reading the analysis from not just people like me, but from draft experts, they all seem to agree that the Jets are one of the couple teams that absolutely won the draft by far. Well, I we would the hope draft. they would win the draft with three picks in the first round. Now, yeah, how, how does this usually work out when the Jets draft a whole bunch of guys in the first round? Does it turn out that they're any good? 
The last time they took three people in the first round, they went to the playoffs multiple times with those guys. Who was it? That was the Chad Chad Pennington and uh, John Abraham. And who else did they take? They took somebody else that year, too. Anyway, that team went to multiple playoffs. So you think this team is going to multiple playoffs for sure? Oh, there's no doubt in my mind if people are healthy. Like this year, no. Although, I, could they compete for a while? And who knows if there are injuries and things break their way. I mean, there are people who are a little over excited about the quote unquote talent in the AFC West. So maybe if some of those teams come down to earth a little bit, as we expect, maybe, you know, maybe if the Dolphins and Patriots really struggle, maybe the Jets are there to rack up some easy wins. I don't know. But I, I'm not going to predict that. I'm going to predict a learning season that'll be tough. But next year, <laughs> with more first round picks, the sky's the limit for the New York Jets. Sky's the limit. Okay, so give us guess the record right now. If like we go, I mean, this we're going to when we do the schedule. Hard to without the schedule. When we go through this, the schedule release show, I think is actually the first day that I'm back. I think it's like the 13th of May. So me, you and, me you and Jeff will break that down live. I think as that ends up coming out. But you know, just throw something out there right now. I mean, I. Could I see this team winning eight or nine games? Absolutely. I mean, could you make a pick? You're here to make picks. I think, let me be conservative and say seven and ten. Seven and ten. That doesn't sound like you. What's going on here? Well, just I think it's still going to take a year to adapt. I mean, and that would nearly be doubling their win total from last year, going from four to seven. Now, how long until, I mean, you put a first-round trade grade on Mike White, the backup quarterback, who... They also brought in Joe Flacco to potentially be the backup quarterback, showing like they really want to protect Mike White and make sure they never has to see the field in order to protect his trade value. I assume that's what the case is. You do have a problem that your quarterback might not be any good. Well, I mean, that is the most important question, isn't it? He has to continue to show the progress that we saw from the second half of the year where he stopped turning the yeah, ball but it's, over. But he also wasn't throwing impo- touchdowns either. He was throwing fewer touchdowns, but he was making fewer mistakes. And so the, the key thing was to solve the turnovers. If we could get a mix of the guy who was the, objectively speaking, preseason MVP with the guy who we saw in the second half of last year who stopped turning the ball over, then that is a very, very good quarterback. And he's been given weapons. He has Corey Davis. He has Elijah Moore. Now he has Garrett Wilson. This is a bomb squad of wide receivers on this team. You add that to going out and going and getting Uzama as a tight end, who is someone I always liked, someone you always liked in Cincinnati, uh, who I think is going to be quite solid at the tight end position. You have that offensive line fully healthy going into this year. Uh, the running back position is, is secure. I don't see holes on the offense. And now the defense, the secondary is a problem. They just added the best cornerback in the draft, one of the best cornerbacks we've seen in years and a quite solid pass rusher in Jermaine present to, to pass rush. So I tell you, I, I tell you, it's just, it's exciting days here. There are, there are still obstacles overcome and there are teams in the division like Buffalo, which are not, we, we can't overcome yet, but things are moving in our direction. The jets are building intelligently. Joe Douglas has proven why he is a mastermind when he's not leasing Seattle for draft picks or making unbelievably high quality picks here in the first round again, as he did last year, he just proves year after year, he knows what he's doing. It's nice to have the team in competent hands. Uh, You know, as a Jets fan, you can hold your head high and be proud that this team is moving in the right direction and uh, everybody sees it. Uh, Okay. Everyone sees it. So this is according to you from last night. Uh, about getting Sauce Gardner. Imagine getting a player who is the mix of 
Deion Sanders and Darrell Revis at number four. The best player in the whole draft. That's sauce. Mm-hmm. You can stand by that. Jacksonville should have taken him first. Was I not on this show on Monday proclaiming loudly that's who I wanted, that I thought he was the best player? I mean, you never said that he was the best player. You said that's who you wanted, but now he's the Why best would player. I want and apparently he he's a mix of two of, what, the seven best corners of all time? That's what I see in him, with the confidence and the speed. Well, what? Well, hold uh, on. Deion when he got drafted, he walked the opposite direction because he was so shook. He was so excited. He always wanted to be a Jet. That's what he said in the pre uh, and the post draft uh, conference. Well, how come he didn't like, say that in the pre? How come we never heard about this pre draft? Well, because there's always a chance he could have gone first, second, or third. You don't want to say that beforehand and like start off in a bad relationship with the team that that's drafted you. But look. Like he wants to be a Jet, of course he does. It's the biggest city in the, in the United States. It's you want to be a star in the NFL, you go to New York, and the your stardom goes to another level uh, that it can't be understood. I mean, it can be understood because we see massive stars in football, none of whom play in New York. Whose stardom would be even multiplied? Would it? Because it really two. feels like the NFL is if a Patrick league that Mahomes it doesn't matter where you play. I mean, uh, it does. It a- Aaron Rodgers plays in Green Bay. It doesn't stop him. Well, but Green Bay is a marquee franchise. <laughs> yes, Green Bay is a little town, but Green Bay is not just some outpost no one's ever heard okay, of. Okay, then one Patrick of the Mahomes plays in teams. Kansas City. Yes, and he's a star because how good he is. If he was in New York, his stardom would be doubled, tripled. He'd be hosting SNL all the time, or he'd be on the shows. He'd be in, in a lot more commercials. He'd be on every billboard. He would be recognizable to non-football fans. Do you see a lot of football that, players in commercials just on the whole besides, I mean, even Tom Brady's not even really in commercials. Not a lot, but you do see some. Particularly when there were stars in New York, you see them there. Like what? Eli was in all kinds of commercials. So well, The Mannings were in a lot of commercials. So e- Eli was mainly in those commercials with his brother, by the way. Like you can dismiss Gardner if you want. I guess your opinion, he's not a, not a very good player. Okay. Well, then you're I, I mean, I, I think that the <clears throat> results are going to fall with me on this one. That is he one of the 10 best cornerbacks of all time? No, that's my stance. Your stance is that well, I said he, he has is. the skill set. I said he has that skill set. We'll see. Nothing is guaranteed, but like you watch how he played in college. He didn't give up a touchdown yeah, in college. Yeah, Tim, he doesn't get to play in college anymore. It's just like when your boyfriend, old uh, safe, safe Space Sam anymore, Zoomer Zach, when he didn't have to play like D2 teams anymore, he wasn't very good. He played, or was very good. He went right away and won the preseason MVP. Not a real award. And that, and that was also real, judged yeah, by you, it. and he had nowhere near the best stats of the preseason. He, he definitely had the best stats. He really and did. And then, you know who did? He played fantastically. You know who did? Better than Zach Wilson, Tyler Huntley. Yeah. And, well, Huntley's a very good player. I won't say a bad word about him. And then Zach played great in that game against the Titans. He played really well down the stretch. He stopped. After his injury, he made the adjustments. There's a lot of things hanging on Zach this year to improve. He doesn't have to be a superstar, but he needs to be even better. We need to see the progress. And I don't see any reason to, to believe it's not going to happen. Uh, You've seen no reasons skills. to believe that that won't happen. What has no, so I see, him playing poorly more often than playing well leads you to believe that he's going to play well more than poorly? I saw progress. I'm super... Look, I know that you want to downplay this, and I get that. You think that's funny. But I this mean, team it, is so it special. It is funny, and everything I've told you about the Jets since the inception of this show has come true, by the way. Not everything. What, what hasn't? Tell, give me an example about the Jets that hasn't come true. Well, you thought Elijah Moore was going to be a nobody. Elijah Moore is now acknowledged to be a pretty darn good wide receiver. Is he? Yes. I don't think there's anybody who would say Elijah Moore is not a very interesting must. I mean, he'll be owned in what, 100% of fantasy leagues? 
I mean, there's a lot of guys that are owned in 100% of fantasy league. There's very few Jets that are very, very, I mean, very LaVisca few Jets Chenault was owned in 100% of fantasy leagues last year. Yeah, well, because he was a starting running back. He's not a running back. Or a starting receiver for Jacksonville. Well, I mean, he's a, Elijah Moore is a starting receiver for the New York Jets. Basically, every starting receiver in football is almost 100% owned in fantasy okay, football. If he's so good, let me ask you this. How come when we traded in our Keeper Fantasy League last year, you just threw him in as if he was nothing to me when I was making a trade? Because I was desperate. to A, I didn't have enough room to keep him because I have so many studs to keep on my Keeper team. And B, I was desperate to make the deal. So he's such a stud, but he wasn't as good as your studs. Well, no, he's not as good as Jamar Chase. I mean, you traded him for Jalen Waddle. He's not as good as Jalen Waddle. Are you sure? Because it seems like the way you're talking, it seems like it is. Waddle had 100-plus catches from a quarterback to cancel the ball down the field. So, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Well, who would you rather have this year now that Tyreek Hill is there? I still would rather have Jalen Waddle because you assume Tyreek Hill is going to be neutralized by the best cornerbacks, and Waddle will have his free reign. Like, Waddle will play great against the Jets because Tyreek Hill will be completely shut down by Gardner, who's just as fast as he is. Really? You think that Gardner is going to be on field as fast as Tyreek Hill? I Hill's getting older, and yes, I think Gardner's got that that extra boost of confidence, and I think he'll be able to keep up with him. He's going to be in one-on-one coverage to shut him down, and I, I believe he will. So that's the Jets' game plan? One-on-one coverage with a rookie against Tyreek Hill, the fastest man in football? That is the way I would play it. Okay. So do you, are you getting many calls? For- what are you going to do? Oh, he's going to beat you deep? Well, Tua can't hit him deep, so there's no risk there. I mean, Tua did have the best completion percentage on deep balls in the NFL mm-hmm. last year. That's nice. He's going to throw a rainbow 40 yards. Oh, I'm really worried about that. Oh, no. How will the, day ever, how will the Jets ever stop that? I don't know. I mean, oh, you, no. you just talked about Chad Pennington being a great first-round pick. Doesn't that remind you of Chad Pennington? Chad Pennington in the early, early 2000s was able to thrive because there were very few mobile quarterbacks. And he was well coached. I don't think in 2022, Chad Pennington could make it. Well, I mean, maybe we're seeing that with Tua right now, who has a substantially better record than Zach Wilson. Sure, he does have a better, he has better surrounding cast. D- d- did did he have a better surrounding cast? I mean, you just called the Jets a bomb squad at receiver, but you also called them a bomb squad at receiver last year because they got Corey Davis, who you said was going to be a top ten receiver in football. Well, he was drafted in the top ten. Yeah, but you said that he was going to be a top ten receiver in football last that year. That didn't work out. That didn't work out last year as much. There were injuries. Uh, they didn't have the report. But you've got Davis now. You have both Davis and Wilson who are both now top ten wide receivers on this Jets team. Uh, I mean, Troy Williamson's out there too. If you want to go get him to add to the top fine. ten collection of receiver. I don't know why you're trying to pour cold water all over this draft. Like it's not just me out on a limb saying, "Oh my God, the Jets are doing so well," and everyone else is like, "Yeah, they're okay." It's like people who analyze it who don't have any skin in the game for the Jets are saying, "This is the best draft we've seen the Jets for a long time." They've won the draft. Well, the first thing that you sent us about the Jets winning the draft was what appeared to be a DM you got from a Jets fan at the draft. It wasn't a Jets fan. Who was it? Well, it wasn't a football Jets fan put it that way so so hustler sent you something i didn't say that i just say people who are in vegas covering the draft uh professionally are hearing nothing but buzz about the jets and they're no joke anymore uh this draft sort of had the ability to flip the script and the jets went from sort of a joke in too many quarters to being a serious professional contender uh in the way that they conducted their business and to get three blue chip top notch top shelf cavassier top, top shelf players uh, at uh, discount prices compared to where they should have gone. Gardner should have been the first pick. We got him at four. Wilson should have been seventh or eighth. We got him at 10. 
Jermaine Johnson should have been a top 15 pick. We got him at 26. So you don't think that the Eagles had a better opening night of the draft than the Jets? I think the Eagles had a marvelous opening night. I still would put them behind the Jets, but I think the Eagles had a marvelous opening night. Well, they actually got a receiver who we know that is good. We don't know if Wilson's going to be any and good. They're, and they're paying full freight for him, well, too. Well, not really. He's still on his rookie deal. They just extended him four years, $100 million, with a $57 million guarantee. Which will kick in after this year. So they still have money. Okay, but that money, still gu- that guarantee, money is still done and dusted and is going to be what they're paying him going forward, even if he is on the rookie deal this year. Like, that money is that, that contract happening. So they're paying full freight for him, and that's fine. I like A.J. Brown, but I get Garrett Wilson at a much cheaper price. I'm going to take my chances. But, but you don't know if he's any good or not because we haven't seen him in the NFL. And all you've talked about for the past three off-seasons is spend all this money. We have so much cap space in New York. Why wouldn't you go get the proven commodity? Maybe this the deal wasn't there to be had. Maybe they wanted more from the Jets. And they were willing to give up. Maybe also Douglas knew he was willing to hold on to some capital to move up to get that third player to get Jermaine Johnson the second. And uh, so didn't want to get involved in a receiver trade knowing he was going to have to make a big move for a pass rusher. I mean, the, this is a passing league, as everybody says. Well, what did the Jets do? They have a player who can pass, who can rush, rush the passer, shut down the pass, and catch the ball with uh, remarkable alacrity. I mean, what a perfect, perfect draft. So Couldn't have been better. Perfect draft. Couldn't be better. How do you feel about the day two and day three picks? You think they're really going to hammer those home too? I don't know. I'll be watching very closely. Uh, I hope they do. Are you going to see maybe they'll draft an offensive lineman and he'll also be very explosive according to you? I don't know. I'm I'm open-minded to seeing what they're going to do in the second and third rounds. Of course, I'll be out and about in the town tonight, so I won't see the draft live. But when I get home, I'll be watching to see what they did in the second and third rounds. And uh, I'm excited. I mean, this goes back, though, in part to my take that I miss the NFL draft all being on one day on a Saturday afternoon. They should go back to that. I don't like this one night Thursday, two nights thir- Friday, three nights Saturday. But you, you, then we could talk about the whole draft in once. You get why they do it, though, right? Oh, they don't do it totally for television. Yeah. I get totally why they do it, but that doesn't mean I still don't lament it all having been on a Saturday afternoon condensed. I'm curious to see what the NFL draft ratings are versus the NBA playoff games that were happening on Thursday night. I assume they'd I'm be not like, curious. I assume they killed I'm them. Say, is it like four times higher, five times higher? Well, particularly this year with the draft being on network TV. Like it was on ABC as long as well as ESPN and NFL Network. So like, yeah, I suspect if you add up all the ratings, it will have killed any of the NBA games. Okay. The NFL doesn't care anymore. It's like why they scheduled a bunch of football games this year or are scheduling against the Christmas Day basketball games because they just know they're just going to outrate them. Yeah. And it's like when they went up against the World Series last year, they're just, or like, now they, they're yeah. just like, fuck you. We don't care. Yeah. They don't cancel the Sunday games against the World Series anymore. Like the NFL realizes, I guess, not only that they're big and tall, but that they can stomp on the buildings if they want to. And it, the it's just funny how lopsided that rated, those ratings were. I didn't even think it was a good game on the Sunday night against the World Series. It was the Vikings and Cowboys, actually. Oh, was it? The game when the two backups were starting? Correct. But, you know, two big markets and whatever. I, mean, like, I, I don't think that Minneapolis is a real big market. No, but Dallas is. And Minneapolis is a relatively. I mean, we traveled to Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's that's a relatively large. I mean, city. I, I've traveled to a bunch of places. Like, it doesn't mean that they're and, large cities. And they had the Cowboys. Yeah, well, they, I mean, the Cowboys are always going to draw, of course. But I mean, Dak did did Dak play or was Dak like hurt? Or was that the was that Cooper Rush versus Kellen Mond? Was it Ke- Cooper Rush or was it Danucci? I believe it was Danucci. Oh, Danucci. 
I think it was Danucci versus I think Cousins played. Now that I think about it, Did Cousins play. I should look that up. I feel like yes. Or was it like did, there was, was Sean huge... Mannion playing quarterback? I'll look it up. I remember it was October the thirty first. A Halloween night oh, game. It was a scary it was. game. Let me look it up. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to effort it right now. Oh, I did want to ask you, because I put this out on Twitter yesterday. Uh, your takes on broiling things? What about it? Well, why were you broiling pizza? To make it cook super quickly. But, that's why. But, that's, but it only cooks one side of it. That means that you're... Well, I didn't realize this. What I should have done, and this is what I was getting advice from, is from now on, don't just broil it. Put the whole thing at 500 so that it cooks the whole thing quickly. Who gave you that advice? Because that seems to be the opposite advice of what you were given. Well, I was told if you know you're not cooking something at the broil at 500, uh, you know that you need to have the whole oven at 500 if you want to cook the whole thing quickly. So okay, fine, then that's what I'll start doing. But that won't necessarily the cook color. the whole thing quickly. It'll cook the outside really quickly. It depends on the thing. I mean, if you shorten the time and you in- you increase the temperature, it should work out. It's like a mathematical equation, right? What you do to the left side, you've got to do to the right side as well to balance it out. So what you're saying is that if I wanted to cook, let's say, a baked potato in the oven and I put it on for, I don't know, let's say 375 for an hour so it can you know cook, I'll flip it halfway, make sure that you know, poke the holes in it, make sure it doesn't explode in my oven, anything like that. What you're saying is that if I turn my oven up to 700, I can cook it in half an hour? Well, I don't think an oven can go to 700, but if it, if it goes to 500 or something, yeah, you shorten the time in proportion to the temperature increase. And yeah, I've been broiling things ever since I learned about this broil function. I've been broiling everything. I broil bacon in the oven. I've been broiling, uh, but also I've been broiling the, the frozen pizzas, but they're not cooking all the way. So I need to thaw them out more. You don't need to so thaw them are... out. You need to cook them on both sides. Well, this is the thing, but like you, I get, you can't flip them over like you can other well, stuff. Then don't the broil, use it on right? broil. Maybe just use it for what it is instructed. Because it, so it has to cook all the way through. That's the point that you're missing here. Yes, I understand. Well, I mean, the faster, the hotter it is, the faster it'll cook. Not through, necessarily. Obviously. I mean, it will, it will cook through faster, but just because you increase the temperature and short the, shorten the time doesn't mean it will still cook all the way through. Sometimes that stuff takes a while to cook because it needs to cook all the way through. Yeah, but I'm looking to shorten that time. Yeah, but that's why you cook everything in the microwave, apparently. Um, not that's not how it works like, I got when things you actually to do. cook things. When you cook things, I mean, you can increase the temperature. And plus, you get more color, more color, more flavor, they say, right? It's like you, just like you want to sear something on a super high heat. It depends on what it is. Why are you searing a pizza? Well, you don't, you don't sear a pizza. But it's the same concept that the higher the heat, the more color, the more flavor. For certain things. What are you searing? Name one food that you are searing at home. I seared some um, like fast fry steaks last night. Some what? Those fast fry, uh, like those thin, cheap steaks you get at the grocery store. Why are you eating those? Well, they were cheap, and they make and they cook quickly. I don't have to wait all day on them. And you don't have to worry about resting them, and like they don't have that that fat around them that I don't like. So you just fire them in the in the the, the frying pan. Although I better not use the oil anymore because this oil that I bought is too fattening now. So I no, have to... So hold, hold on. Hold on a second. I'll have to use something else. Hold on. You said you bought canola oil because it was the healthy oil, which is the exact opposite of being true. Well, because you told me that olive oil is bad for you. I never so I was say like, okay, olive well, I oil was bad oil. for you. I said it had a ton of calories in it because all That's oil the has same calories thing. in it. 
That's the same thing. No, it's not. That is it not the same calories, thing. Objectively, health-wise, olive oil is going to be way better for you than canola yeah, oil. Do you know calories. why you use canola oil? I don't know Because why, I it it's burning temperature is much higher than olive oil. So if you are doing things where you need to cook at extreme heats, canola oil won't catch on fire as fast as olive oil will. That's the purpose of using canola oil. I thought people used it because it was a lighter, healthier oil. Well, that would be the opposite of true, so I don't think that anyone besides you is doing that. No, so I need to find oils that are lighter in calories, because to me, more calories equals less healthy, and less fewer calories equals more healthy. Then you should just drink water all the time. And I do drink a lot of water in DCs, things that have no calories. Okay. And G-Zeros. A lot of G-Zeros? Yeah, there's quite a few G-Zeros in my fridge. I, I can get behind a G-Zero, that's what I bring to the gym with me. Yeah, they're calorie free. So I mean, I'm not so concerned, was, but I'm so not I, concerned about the calories from Gatorade. Like, it, it's, well, it's I'm concerned about the, every calorie is equal, right? Every calorie is equal, but I like on days that I work out, I consume more calories in the morning, so I have energy for my workout. Oh yeah, I, I understand. I understand that. But you asked me what I was searing, and I was searing some fast fry steaks, Seared. sort of like steak and Stein style. Oh steaks. my god! So you're having like derby steaks that are this thin, and you're broiling them in the oven. No, I was well uh, searing them and broiling them. Yes, I don't know, man. That's that sounds. That's what you told me to do. I told you to do that. Yeah, you said you should use the cast iron and put it in the oven. Yeah, after for you a real steak, not one that's this thin. When I'm this talking about the steak. cast iron and broiling as it pertains to steak, here's the method: you sous vide your steak for like I don't know. I don't have that. Well, you can get one. It's pretty cheap. Uh, you can get yeah. one, and you can control it from your phone, too. Hook it up to your Wi-Fi. You can make sure the temperature is set. It'll do the countdown for you. It's perfect. So you sous vide your steak for uh, whatever the allotted time that you want, whatever you set the temperature to. So you sous vide it for, like, 55 minutes or something like that. And then you end up throwing it in the broiler on both sides for, like, two minutes while you have the canola oil in the cast iron pan on top of your stove at extreme heat. So you broil it to get it a bit crispy on each side but not for too long. Then you take it out with all of your garnishings inside of the cast iron. Then you throw it in with the canola oil and then boom, you sear it on one side for 30 seconds. You press it down, sear it on the other side for 30 seconds and you have an immaculate steak that you can cook at home. You were talking about buying a $3 steak and putting it, spraying Pam on it and putting it in a fucking frying pan. Well, I used canola oil, but I threw the canola oil out last night after you told me about the calories. You can still use canola. You might need no, no, the, gone, you no. might I want need the canola calories. oil if you are cooking things at super high temperatures, which it sounds like that's the only thing that you're doing. I mean, well, because you told me to put it on high heat. So that's what I've been doing. I'm cooking things on high heat like what you told me to. This is not a smoker or a slow cooker. It's an oven. It doesn't need to be. And most of the time, cooking things longer at lower temperatures makes it taste better than cooking well, things at high Well, when it's a heat. smoker or something, yes. Yeah, when it's a smoker or something. But if you go to a restaurant, like you'll get that sear on something because they use super high heat. You get the sear on something. At, uh, they're not just searing it, though. Like, and they say on those cooking shows, more you know, no color, no flavor. Do you have any idea what any of this stuff means? Like what you're doing and how people are actually cooking things? Well, I'm trying my best. It doesn't sound like you're trying your best. It sounds like you've tried nothing and you're all out of ideas. No, I've been following the advice that you've been giving me. What? It doesn't sound like you've been following the advice at all. Why don't you just... Use go- the broiler. Why don't you just Google some of this? Yeah, I don't, don't do that. I try to figure it out on my and own. And how's that working out for you? You're eating, you're, you're eating pizza that has its dough raw while all the cheese on top is burned. 
Yeah, it was not good. What I made the other day, I just figured it was a bad pizza. That's why when I put it under the Th- broiler. That's what you figured. You figured that the pizza was faulty, not what you were doing. That literally was the, conclu- the conclusion I came to, yes. That I didn't thaw it out long enough and that I should have made sure that it's a little more room temperature before I fired it in there. And then it would have cooked more evenly because I thought the broiler means that it broils it, that I make it makes it super hot super quickly and cooks the whole thing up. I wasn't aware that you meant that it only cooks the top part of the thing. I thought it just was like a oven hack that the broiler is like the super fast way to like get all the extra heat into your food. Now I realize if I'm going to broil everything, then I need to make sure I flip it on both sides. So I get that now or turn the oven up all the way on normal heat. So I understand the mistake now. You shouldn't do either of those things. There's very few things that you should be broiling in your oven for one thing. And almost nothing should be cooked at like 500 degrees. But like all my creme brulee say I need to broil them. You don't need to do that. As was pointed out to you, you're buying like store-bought package creme brulees. Well, yes, I am. I don't know how to make them on my own, but they have them in the at Costco. Wait, wait, what do you mean you don't know crazy. how to make them on your own? You told us on this show you were making your own creme brulees. Well, I am making them on my own. I'm not buying them at a restaurant. I'm putting them in the oven myself, adding the sugar on top. Watching it crystallize? That's not what we talked about. You talked about actually going from scratch to build because you were trying to borrow the proper way to do that with the little torch. I don't know. I, I don't have one of those torches. and I'm Every time I ask to borrow one, I'm told no. Why don't you just buy one for seven bucks? <sighs> I don't want to go through that effort. So you don't actually want one? I just want to borrow it briefly and bring it back. Sort of like when people go to Home Depot to borrow a tool. They don't want to buy it. They just borrow it from the borrowing section and bring it back. Have you ever actually done that? I haven't, but I've seen people do it and been with people who've done it. So usually when you go borrow a tool, it's a tool that is pretty expensive. Hence why you go and rent it out and then sign the insurance off on anything like that. Because you don't want to spend $500 to have something that... Like it was, like it was a big sander. It's like a big one of those big sanders that you use to grind down a deck on. Sure, but it's a one use for you. It's not like you're using it over and over. I mean, you make a lot of creme brulees. This is something that's under $10. It feels like you should just go buy it. I guess, but I would also would want to test it out first to see if I like it. The flame scares me. You can just throw it out if you don't like it. That seems like a waste. I'm not a wasteful person. You are a very wasteful person. We, I mean, the Custy Awards are coming up on May 9th, and we did go over just the amount of stuff that you waste, like when you just randomly throw out toothpaste. Well, like once it gets down to a third, it's no, no fun to be squeezing that toothpaste. I'll throw it out and get a new one. So you spend more money per year on toothpaste, just throwing it away, than you would on this creme brulee torch. Fine. Okay. Sure. My point is, your, the instructions do say use the broiler. Yeah, on when the you buy, when you buy them frozen out of the freezer, they're not frozen. The they're, not fr- they're not in the freezer. They're in the fridge section. They're cold. They're not frozen. Just. Why don't you just order in some creme brulee? That cannot be good. Yeah, but it's cheaper this way. You go to Costco, you buy the industrial pack of creme brulees. Is that something that you want to cheap out? It's like steak. You don't need to buy the most expensive steak on the planet, but buying steak for under four bucks probably isn't cutting it. Well, but these steaks were just, I wanted to cook them really quickly and have them like on the go. And I didn't want to like spend the effort of like making a really nice steak, et cetera. And like you said, throw it in the cast iron after it's seared. Put it on the broil. So that's what I did. And apparently that's wrong too. That's well, I mean, I never told you that. So that's just something that you've come up with on your own. I just walked you through the steps of when I use the cast iron and when I use the broiler while cooking a steak. Now I've never given you that advice. Somehow you've just cobbled this together and then are now claiming falsely that I have told you this in the past. 
You did. You told me to put the steak in the oven under the broil once you've in the cast iron. No, I didn't. Once it was cooked. You said that's how you should finish your steak. That's when you're using a sous vide. I don't remember that part. Well, it sounds like you have very selective hearing. No, it's just I'm trying to remember ever. I can't remember everything, damn. I mean, you, you have your notebook with you, and you said you wanted to cook a quick steak because you're on the go. What were you doing? I, I wanted to go to the upstairs gym before it closed. So you ate a steak before you went to the gym? Well, you, people always say, get your proteins in, etc. before you go to the gym. I wanted to do some lifting. That's what so you I took away from that. That's what you took away from that. What, you're not supposed to add proteins before you I lift? Mean, of course you are. I think you should use you should add proteins before you lift. That's usually why people consume it through just drinking something. Like you don't really want to go to the gym on a full stomach. Like, especially that close to it. Like maybe an hour before, sure, but not like I'm walking up to the gym eating a steak. Whatever. I mean, that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And like I got criticized on the show about quote unquote eating out too often. And so here I am cooking at home, and I'm being criticized for that. I can't win. I can't win. I mean, why don't you just spend time cooking something and then eat it? Well, I was I was in a rush, and I wanted to get this done. Why are you always in a rush? You're always in a rush to do. to do everything, but you can't seem. You don't seem to do anything. I just don't. I'm not the type of person who likes to stand around and wait for all all day to have these things cooked. I'm like I'm, I'm on the go. I'm kinetic. I'm trying to do things. So besides going to the gym yesterday, did you leave your house? Besides that. Yes, I did. Did you? Yes, I did. I went to go. I went to go visit my grandmother. Okay, so you took up two hours doing that. Then the rest of your day, you were at home, eh, working. But you, are you saying that you can't? You're working from home right now. Are you saying that you couldn't put something in the oven for thirty-five minutes, being at home, and then take it out? You don't have that thirty well, seconds to spare. Yes, I do. But like, I wasn't. I wasn't thinking like that. Well, maybe I just like maybe that's supper time and I was hungry. And start Googling recipes. They can tell you step by step what you should do. I was trying to invent it as I went. I just fired a bunch of onion powder on it. Wait, what? Yeah, like the little fast fry steaks. I just like coated it on both sides with the onion powder and then got the pan sizzling and then fired her in there and cooked it on both sides and then fired it under the broil and then took it out. I don't have any onions, and you're supposed to have onions with steak, but I don't have any onions in the house, so I thought the onion power would be a reasonable facsimile. Okay. How many times did your smoke detector go off? It didn't. Was there a lot of smoke? I had the fan going, like the microwave hood range fan. And we'd say, like, if you can see me, like this, this thick of steak? No, not that thick. Like thinner? Yeah, thinner. How long yeah, did you yeah. have this on for? I don't know. A few minutes on each side. How burned was the steak? It was more cooked than I would have wanted because I wanted that color on the side of the steak. Was but the, was the that color, color that you were looking for, was the color black that you were looking for? No, but I, I like that like dark caramel color on the steak. I don't think that your 99 cent steak is going to caramelize properly. No, it, it maybe it didn't, and I, I didn't realize that was going to happen. But it actually tasted okay. Did it? I thought so. Like, I, I ate it. Was there any chance that you weren't going to eat it? <laughs> well, if it was horrid, I suppose I wouldn't have eaten it. Because it's all about calories in and calories out. I'm not going to take on calories that I don't like. But you do anyway. Not really. I mean, how are you... Uh, let, to Talk me through tracking your macros, by the way, if it's all about calories in and calories out. How are you doing that each day? 
trying to ballpark during the day what I think things have calories. Like for this, for example, this morning I had coffee, so that's no calories. I had a handful of fresh strawberries. There's probably what ten calories total in it's that. Incorrect, but okay, uh, continue. Is, is is it even that? It's all water, right? It's a fresh fruit and it's all water. So I had like ten ten strawberries. Um, I had a banana, so I'm like 40 or 50 calories. Also untrue, but okay. a tiny little bowl of maple-flavored yogurt, maybe 50 calories. And I had a whole wheat bagel with a little smear of peanut butter today. Uh, peanut butter is kind of fattening, so maybe there's 70 in that. The bagel, maybe another 50. So, you think a bagel thinking, has 50 calories? Well, remember, I dig out the middles, right? I dig out a moat. I don't just eat all the bread, so you sort of have to ballpark it. So I'm assuming, yeah, 50 to 75 cows for so, that. So, okay, how, how much I'm, of the bagel would you say that you scoop out, percentage-wise? Of the over, so let's say a, a normal bagel is 100%. How much of the bagel are you eating? You still there? Gutless! Cust exited the line before having to go through more grilling on his... Weird counting of calories. Oh, I did want to let anyone know that if they want some free money on a certain site, email the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com. Uh, Canadians need not apply because it's not available to them. It's only in selected states. But if you do want free money to go play on a site, um, just hit me up, and I will get you some free money if you live in a state where that is, the Pat Mayo Experience at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I was hoping that Cuss would be like 17 and 0, so we'll get to that point. Once we start seeing highlight tapes, OTAs, Zach Wilson Twitter photos and videos of him throwing to the other Wilson. We'll get Wilson we Wilson cubed, apparently. So we're at seven wins right now. We'll see how that goes and wavers throughout the course of the entire preseason before we get to the official win totals pick show. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in. Smash the like on the way out. Rate and review. That was the emergency draft pod. I'll see you next time. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.